0: Welcome to the Hard Water Fishing Show. Jeff and Jason talk tactics, gear, and ice fishing legends.
1: Welcome back to the Hardwater Fishing Show, season 6, episode 2. Our topic tonight is nailed it builds, and we are live. And it's the 4th week of September 2022. Jeff, I saw on the internets there was some snow flurries up way up north, Ely, Grand Marais. A yes. A couple days ago, on
2: Tuesday, it snowed on the Gunflint Trail in Minnesota. This morning when I woke up, I looked out my window and everything was frosty.
1: Yeah, we covered we covered our tomatoes this year. We've had a bumper crop of tomatoes. Holy cow! So it's getting colder. It's it's getting. The leaves are starting to fall. The squirrels are getting fat. The the new ice fishing catalogs are out. They are. The show dates are out. They are. It's starting. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. It's Starting. I made eye contact with my my shack again, and it's it's getting. It's looking like it's starting to get less depressed. (laughs) Are you getting a new one this year, right, Jay? No. No, I, you know, I'm not saying I wouldn't. I'm not saying I wouldn't. (laughs) But um, that old one just seems to just work for what I use it for really well. I'm really wanting,
2: very badly, a new hub shack with one of those nice doors. Oh,
1: you should absolutely get that.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. But but like I I might have to divest one of the ones I have. I mean I have five. What if
1: I stored one for you while you tried out the new one just to make sure you liked it? Mm -hmm. Just offering.
2: Yeah, it's just the funding
1: thing. You can fund the new one. Yeah, you have to to sell the old one to fund the
2: new one. You don't have to. Like I keep them. I used to sell them all the time, and now I keep them. But eventually, you have too many. But there's a purpose for each one right now. Yeah,
1: but everyone has a purpose. I agree. I agree. We should preview our topic a little bit, and then we. Should oh my gosh, we our, got way off subject. We should open our beer, and then we should come back to this topic because <laughs> I am parched. Okay, I might add. All right, so what
2: are you drinking tonight, Jay? For beer? Oh, oh well, we got we'll get a beer, and then we'll do the preview. Sounds good. Let's do
1: that. So, All right. I this isn't a fancy beer, which may come as a surprise to you. I'll, let me read the can. This is brewed in America since 1977. Sounds young. It is young. It's younger than I am. Here's the benefit of this particular brew. It has exactly 3.2 carbs. Oh, you're on a diet. No, just diet beer. (laughs) Natural light. Natty ice. Oh, it's not ice, though. Nope, just natty light. No ice, just light. As close to water as you can get. But a good brew, nonetheless. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, six what, of those. what else can you get <laughs> that is palatable, in my opinion, and still nine ninety nine for a fifteen pack?
2: Yeah, uh, Keystone.
1: Yeah, but this is better than Keystone.
2: Yeah, the key better than Keystone. All Absolutely. Right. All right, so, so I'm proud of you. It's an economy beer. It, it's not old style. It is not. And Natty is is a good choice.
1: It's it's a good middle aged guy choice or. Poor college student choice. And then you quit drinking it, and then you get, like, whoa, how many carbs? So then you go back to it. (laughs) I
2: I salute you with Nanny. We're in a beer series right now with me. Okay. So we're starting a series. So you're going to see this for probably the next six episodes. Okay. Okay. If I don't drink them all before then.
1: All right. (laughs) Uh,
2: My brother, who used to live here up in the Ice Belt in Minnesota, but now lives in Austin, Texas. Not Minnesota. I didn't know
1: your brother moved there.
2: Yeah, he's, he'd lived there for a while. He'd moved back for a year, and I think he couldn't take the cold. But he can't ice fish in Texas. Not
1: not what? much.
2: No. But um, he sent me a six-pack of Texas beers. So
1: so what kind of beer? Well, yeah, what do you got? Texas. So we're beers? on a tour. I so didn't... this
2: first one is a Pint House electric jellyfish. It's a hazy IPA. Hazy again. Hazy or dank. <laughs> no dank. There's no dank. <laughs> but it does have a picture of the skull and crossbones with a P on the side of the skull. And then it's drinking a beer. Do you see this? That is very odd. And it's a very fancy can. It is fancy. So, so we're going to crack this open. Right. Yeah, what it yeah. Tastes
1: like. Does it taste like Berber or shag? Carpet. Ooh, no! It's good.
2: It's actually really good. It does. It's not as hoppy as you would expect. Okay. Light hops. Light hops. All right. Almost, almost creamy. I, I've never had an IPA that tastes creamy, but it, it's almost creamy, like a stout almost or something. Huh. I will take your yes. word for it. I'll <laughs> enjoy it, my electric jellyfish, from Pint House in somewhere in Texas. Wonderful. Cheers. Cheers.
1: All right. All right. Now we get to preview the topic as we're. How many minutes into the show again? Ten. <laughs>
2: Only six minutes. Six we're minutes.
1: Fine. All right. We're good.
2: All right. So preview, Um, we had John from Nailed It Builds join the show. We'll have an uh, interview with him a little later. And it's just me and John on this one. So uh, hopefully it's okay. We usually have Jason too, but we kind of missed this one. So I am
1: sure it's wonderful. I missed it. It was completely my mistake. I uh, missed the time zone deal. But... Super excited about the interview because I didn't get—I haven't heard this yet. I haven't even listened to it. So I won't actually listen to it until the show comes out. So it'll be all brand new for me. John was super
2: great. I really liked, I caught him on YouTube because I'm binging t- uh, YouTube right now because I can't ice fish. Mm-hmm. But I can look at ice fishing stuff. I can Absolutely. look at ice fishing lures and I can look at builds. So he builds some ice fishing sleds and customizes them. So we'll talk a little bit more about that later. And then we have the interview from John. So cool. And I like his channel cuz it's informational but he has a little fun too. Yes, is always good. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. So, Gotta I every year I I need a sled. I'm going to build one this year probably. We'll see. We should get a
1: can we get an over under on that or <laughs> sort of, Yeah, it's not looking sort good Sort of bet my, going.
2: My uh schedule's looking pretty busy until we get to uh ice season. So,
1: patrons, Jason, we have a new patron. We do. How exciting. Goes by the handle Mugs. Yeah, very cool. He is. Uh, so I actually talked about Mugs on our last show. He's the fellow that helped me uh, find the place on Web Lake. So great, great guy. Known him for years. Thank you for the support
2: of the show. And that brings us up to 11 active patrons right now. So we're getting our bills paid. It's very nice. Keeps um, the women happy. Yeah, instead of us writing checks to pay for our podcast do, do
1: you write checks anymore? Well, Is that a metaphor now? Like somewhere some 18-year-old yes. kid went, what's a check? <laughs> it's like, what's a check?
2: <laughs> yeah, your mouth's writing checks your body can't cash. Is that like, what you're saying? Yes, He'll be
1: like, huh? <laughs> yeah, what's that? What does that mean? <laughs> what's that mean? Oh, my gosh.
2: So I added him to our uh, Discord channel, which we've had some activity on there. Uh we'll send him out a sticker pack. He's at that level. You get a little sticker pack. We'll send that out when he gets address. So thank you to mugs and to all of our patrons for supporting the show throughout the summer.
1: Absolutely awesome. Thank you so much.
2: Show business. Um couple things. We have our Amazon affiliate link on the website. If you buy something you think is cool that we talk about, if you go to Amazon, we get might get a few pennies or something for that. It's not too crazy, but we appreciate you using that. Uh, We also have our gear. You can get a sweatshirt, t-shirt, hoodie. They have a baseball cap now. I've been really thinking about that one. Do they
1: make one big enough for your head?
2: No, they don't. That's the problem. No, you have to cut it in the
1: back and put a little piece of elastic. in. (laughs) Not many,
2: honestly. Not many hats fit my head. It's just the way it is. I say that with love. (laughs) <laughs> I know the hard water hat I got last year kind of fit my head. If I really, I never told that.
1: I never told that story that I had to like try to find the biggest stocking hat I could find, and it still wasn't, wasn't big enough.
2: It wasn't big enough, but we got to get some new. Next ones time I'm
1: gonna good. go shopping with a basketball. So I need a hat to fit yeah. this basketball.
2: Usually my hat size, to give you an idea. <laughs> think the last fitted hat i bought was probably like seven and seven eighths so i mean that's about it's, I don't, it's not small
1: i don't even know i just buy i put a hat on my head and it fits i'm i've got a when
2: common, you have a head, common that head hats, size. when they say one size fits all or most i am not most <laughs> when it comes to a hat oh man i'm not most you can find us on instagram and facebook and we really need to get some tiktok dialed up i think we're gonna get that going here in the next week or two 'Cause that's fun. I'm addicted to TikTok a little bit. So that's good. Make large a few. Jeff.
1: <laughs> I deleted it like a year ago.
2: Oh my gosh, it's 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 a problem. All right, you can find us on our website, uh, hardwatershow.com, where we have all of our episodes. We have YouTube where we put the video version of our podcast and some other videos out there too. And you can find us you can email us at hardwatershow at gmail.com. And I put a link uh, to that link tree, which has a uh, link to all of our links. The link tree does. It's on our website. Okay. Show business. Thank you, Jeff. Why don't you lead us into fact checks? I, fact I still am check.
1: confused. Yeah, <laughs> Jeff. So we... we uh, the, we struggled mightily with our description of our summer fishing, which is why we should probably stick to winter fishing. We probably we had probably. a lot of a lot of errors as we were trying to describe whatever the heck we were using. So I've come to the conclusion that what because I, I went to my tackle box and found the critter that I was using. So I think I said flicker shad rapla or something in yes. my in the show last time, and it's not. It's a Berkeley flicker minnow. Um lure so i think we posted that out on instagram or facebook so you guys can take a look at that um so that there was another we there was another mistake on there too jeff we got to the bottom of jeff was trying to describe the lure that he had caught northerns on so this is a fact check he didn't put in the show notes notice he put you you put my mistake (laughs) in the show notes but not your own so i'll be happy of course happy to fact check that as well and so we were talking about that afterwards. Jeff was talking about this lure, and I said, lazy Ike. And he goes, oh, yeah, it's lazy Ike. Well, it's not a lazy Ike because I sent him a picture of one. He's like, I've never seen that before in my life. I don't know what kind of guy lives in Minnesota has never seen a lazy Ike, but Jeff's one of them. <laughs> anyway, long story short, the lure he's talking about is a Cyclops, a Meps Cyclops lure. And we used to hammer Northerns, still do hammer a lot of Northerns, on those Cyclops lures. There's a ton of different colors, sizes, they all have the basically that same kind of flutter, um, wounded bait fish action, um, and you caught a well, caught walleye actually on them before too by accident yep. when you're going for northern. So
2: yep, and and I mean when I use those lures, the Meps Cyclops, which is a cool name for a lure, if mm-hmm. you ask me, it's like the brightest craziest one like they're bright orange or bright green orange I mean, orange
1: and the chartreuse are the ones we always had the most look on one thing i liked about them like about them is they have they have a really definitive action to them yes. on the end of the rod tip and as soon as they pick up any sort of weed you can feel it
0: yeah they they, right.
1: they they stop doing whatever they're doing very quickly so you know if you've got something dragging on the end of it which is both good and annoying depending on your how how motivated you are at that particular moment
2: Wow, and, and when I'm fishing with those, I'm fishing weed lines, and you know, weed lines aren't straight, and you catch weeds all the time. Like, yeah, you know, know, you're cruising the shoreline because you want to hug those weeds as close as you can, right? And all of a sudden it dips out, and you're like, oh boy, and you get half the, Yeah, bottom and of that's, the lake.
1: that's a tough lure to do that with. So, good for you.
2: Yeah. They they have the biggest treble hooks. They're the biggest, thickest treble hooks I think I've ever seen on a lure.
1: Yeah, they're, you can get a hold of them with the pliers to get them out of Northern's mouth, Pike's mouth, easy. And they don't get tangled in the nets too bad either.
2: Well, thanks for fact
1: checking me. Yeah, Dave. well, someone's got to do it. I didn't hear from Dave all week. <laughs> yeah, he's been quiet up there, Northwoods, Dave. Yeah, must be working.
2: Uh, listener news or current events? We got some current events, Jay. Why don't you walk us through this perch story?
1: Yeah, I read an article on in Minnesota. Care 11 News had an article. It talked about Minnesota's shrinking perch size. Apparently, they did a survey and they've shown that. Um, perch bigger than five inches are decreasing in numbers, and they're not reaching a maximum size as big as they used to. So what's going on is the perch have, like most things, have a, a life part part of their lifespan where they grow. And then when they physically mature, they stop growing in length. It's much in like length. humans <laughs> stop growing in height. I guess it's perch height, perch length. Anyway, if you stood them on end, tail, nose, whatever the width seems to go up continuously the Width, especially in, <laughs> in our situations yes increase, girth yes. can increase but height <laughs> does not um over age and so the perch are are physically maturing faster and so their growth period is slower and so there they are you know they gave some hypothesis in the article which i'm not even going to go into but my a lot of them were just guesses in my opinion from the article but the thing that was, you know, they did seem to know definitively is that they're maturing quicker, they're smaller, and, and you know, someday someone might figure out figure out the exact reason.
2: I made a note in this one. Did you say that, Jay? Get a lot of that, meat off you know, those perch? You do.
1: Well, you know, <laughs> you know, you do if, if you do them like Roger. Oh, yeah. Remember Roger from last year? Was it last year or yeah. before we interviewed Roger? Uh, last year, last year, Rogers Rogers Riggs. I yep. cannot remember Rogers' last name at this very second. But if you Google Rogers Riggs, he has a perch cleaning video that's hilarious, and it's. Yes. A, I actually tried that method this year. Okay. On different types of fish, so I tried it on a smaller walleye. Sure. And it worked. Worked great. Oh. Huh. And I tried it on a sunfish and it worked as well.
2: Remind me and our listeners what that method is because I have forgotten. I'm not
1: going to describe it perfectly, but basically okay. you, instead of, you know, usually when you when you clean a fish, you, you cut behind the gill plates, you know, top and yep. back down each gill plate. So what he does with perch is he cuts the head off. Okay. And then you can take your flay knife, he can slide it straight in along the backbone and up and flay off that piece. So instead of Got trying it. to cut, you know, take the knife and try to follow the top of the, the dorsal back along the, t- yep. the backbone. By taking on a smaller fish, by just taking that fl- small flay knife and just sliding it straight in, because you cut the head off, now all that meat's exposed. Slide sure. it along the backbone, you get an exact cut on, gotcha. on the side of that vertebrae or whatever you call it, yep. backbone. And okay. so then you don't get off to the side or waste any meat. Sure. And you're trying Makes to deal sense. with a smaller fish. So I tried it a couple of times on some uh, eaters okay (laughs) this this uh summer and it it worked it it definitely had was able to clean the fish better than if i had done it without that method so i thought it was good so rogers rigs on youtube and he's got some neat fly rigs for perch too he was it was a fun episode oh he's a great guy check it out yeah
2: absolutely hilarious i threw something in here also it was in outdoor news which i love to read this time of year it's a lot of hunting because it's hunting season uh but there is still some fishing stuff in there. And uh on the September sixteenth uh release not release uh edition, Tim Spielman was the author and he talked about a lake that had a massive kill of crappies only. Hmm. That specific That's weird. species. Yeah, so I've heard of you know, in the winter, like late winter Fishy
1: fish kill, yeah.
2: Yeah, fish kill because they were in the low in oxygen But this was something different. They said typically this is like a virus thing. So it's more of a natural thing huh? because viruses will target specific species and size ranges. So like if you have a kill of all general fish, often that's like a man-made or, you know, somebody dumped some bad chemicals or whatever. Like, you know, something happened that killed the fish in the water. Um, But this was like, you know northerns and some other fish were fine it was just a specific crappie hmm. die off that's weird so so that's uh that's what they said so i thought that was interesting because i had something i'd heard of before where you have dies off, die offs of specific species and yeah. size of species so yeah.
1: yeah that's weird yeah
2: so they just said if you see in minnesota anyways report die offs you see them i don't think they're that common but they do make the news when it happens um there's another one earlier this summer in a river but i think that was more man-made Related to sure. a man-made thing. Someone that, dumps something in the
1: river or something. Well,
2: I think they said when it rains a lot, sometimes when it rains a lot, and there's a lot of oh, things in sure. the, the runoff and stuff can really cause yep. problems, too.
1: increases nitrogen levels, maybe. Yep. So,
2: anyways, just something I thought was a little interesting about the kill-off. I mean, obviously, we don't ever want fish to die, but...
1: Oh, unless they're going on my frying pan.
2: Well, yeah, but not then in they this can way, die. right? Yeah, not in this way. Uh, all right, so fishing report. I don't have one. I was supposed to go fishing last weekend and life got in the way, but it was rainy and cold and windy and it probably wasn't the best fishing weekend anyways. That's what I tell myself.
1: Yeah. I had no fishing experiences either. We were doing marching band. I am going this weekend though. I will be out this weekend. It might be my last open water this weekend, Jay. Yeah. I'm trying to decide that, like what point I um, decide, yeah, I'm not going to go again and get the boat winterized and ready to get put away. You start looking at your weekends and you start I thinking about it, and you're like, "Huh." I really, there's like one more weekend that maybe, just yeah. maybe, I'll get out. So
2: I will be out this weekend, but I'm going to bring my stuff home. Actually, um, some of my usually I put my summer stuff away with the boat, but uh, my youngest has been really into fishing, and so we're going to keep. We might put the boat away, but I might keep the rods out and sure. maybe do some shore fishing or do some you yeah, know, some easier absolutely. fishing uh you can really just like winter fishing sometimes your gear can weigh you down if you just take your pole and run out to a lake and you know catch a fish instead of pulling the boat out and doing all that so i will have a fishing report next
1: time all right we're gonna hold you to it if not you owe me a beer
2: (laughs) all right a
1: texas beer a nothing dank or
2: musty how about electric jellyfish like
1: (laughs) i'll just buy my own beer
2: Natty ice, never mind. I,
1: I retract my my statement. <laughs> no,
2: I know I, I I can you know these kind of beers, though honestly, Jay, are like snacks, right? You can have like one. they're really tasty. they're good. yeah, you but couldn't. man at my age, if you have a few of these, it just yeah, it's game not. over. Game over. You can
1: yeah. have a couple of natty lights and you don't know anything happened. Yeah, and you're <laughs> fine. Yes, but these ones they're, they're they're just so much stuff in them. Man. Yeah, it is. yeah, they're like a like a hamburger.
2: They're like a hamburger. You <laughs> need a, a fork and a knife to kind of eat it up.
1: <laughs> I was up in Wisconsin a weekend or weekend ago. Maybe it was it last weekend. I don't know. Time gets away. <laughs> and um, I, I was at a gas station, of course, because I was mm-hmm. driving the Yukon. So you always have to get gas. And they had New Glarus Brewing Company. Yes. So Spotted, Spotted Cow, Cow. They had like yes. a, that brewery had a multi-pack, like mm. a sample pack. And I almost bought it. And then I, there was too much hoppy stuff, I think, in there. I don't think it, I think it would have been a long month or two. I think you would
2: enjoy Spotted Cow. I would You would enjoy most of their beers. If you stay away from the IPA, you're fine.
1: Okay. Well, maybe if I ever find myself wandering into Wisconsin again, I'll yeah. maybe pick up some. You can only get it there. Yeah, it seemed like a heck of a commitment. You know, I'm like, oh, you know. I was looking for like a six-pack sampler because this was a 12-pack sampler.
2: Yeah. And uh, That's a lot. It's going to make your Natty Ice look
1: really cheap, right? I mean, they're <laughs> it, not... Uh, uh, it was not cheap. Yes. No, it was not. It... it Everything makes Natty Because <laughs> it is cheap. I don't know.
2: I think Keystone might be just...
1: Keystone cheaper than Natty. I don't know. Let us know, crew. Let, let us know. Send, yeah. us, send us the information.
2: I think we're ready to... There's no real gear because we haven't quite made it out yet. But I can tell you the gear episodes are coming. They are. We, we, we're we kind of pushing it off here a little bit. The, the catalogs are out. I've seen some of the new stuff. Mm-hmm. We will be talking about it very soon. We will. But just not this week. Nope. But it's coming.
1: But at least we're talking about ice fishing this this episode.
2: Yeah, and, you know, we talked a little bit about summer fishing last time. Um, I mean, if anybody has any feedback, please send it to us. See, see what you thought about. Yeah, we've
1: thought time. about doing a few more episodes over the summer, kind of talking about summer fishing adventures and this and that. And we're just not sure if that's something we want to. Jeff's not sure if he wants to edit podcasts <laughs> year-round or not.
2: So. I've gotten pretty good at it, but it does take time. Yeah. Well, let's get to this uh, build. I, I, Ooh, before we do one more oh, thing, okay, one more turn on the road All here, right. and then we will get to that it. A, one more. Speaking corner. of summer, I will say that you got a lot of positive uh, feedback about your canoe picture that we put out oh. there. Oh. So that was that was a cool pick.
1: Yeah, was I've been on Facebook. dragging that canoe around for a lot of years, almost twenty years. My dad made it. Made each one of my brothers one, um, so he's made, I don't know, three, four, five, six canoes probably. Couple of these sold, couple for friends or family, and then he's also made a number of kayaks, wood strip kayaks, and they're just fun to. I love paddling that wood canoe. I was happy, though, however, to let a younger guy carry it on this trip. <laughs> yes, they look nice in the picture. I'm guessing. Yeah, on it's engine. about 75, 78 pounds yeah. um, to carry, which isn't terrible, but yeah, you know, I'm getting closer to that 50. Go to the Kevlar canoe. It it you know, forty one pounds, forty two pounds versus seventy some pounds is a heck yes. of a difference.
2: It goes back to that we we haven't grown upwards anymore.
1: But. I know. <laughs> well and you start doing the math, like what the load carrying capacity of my knees are. And yes. you put the canoe on there, myself on there, and a pack on there, and you're like, Holy shit, we're pushing <laughs> we're pushing three fifty. What, what's the, payload on, yeah, what's what's the, the payload, payload on the this rig? <laughs> what's the payload capacity. On? I get good traction, I'll tell you that much. But. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Our topic tonight is the nailed it sled builds. So John's going to be on, and him and Jeff chatted about these different builds that he does. Jeff sent me this whole list of YouTube videos to watch that I had to watch in preparation for today's episode. I'm happy to report I watched several of them. Now, did I watch you, all you're of You're on
2: YouTube. You're on YouTube, I, was on,
1: I got on YouTube, and I watched some of these videos that Jeff, like, assigned me to watch. And, you know, I'll tell you, I, I'm happy I did. Um, I really like John's building methods. They were concise. It, it was. It's not expensive, what he was doing. I, none of the builds he did, I think, would have cost an even 50 bucks. at least the ones that I remember reading or watching. Um, no, they're all very, very inexpensive. Stuff you can get at your local hardware store or home store. I mean, so he just really really did a nice job with them and kind of gave me some ideas too for this year for to maybe do something with my my clan. Some of the things I really liked
2: was the he has a little fun with it. It's not just kind of dry and boring, right? He has a little fun with it. Uh, there was one where he did some electronics and he had these big glasses and acted like a professor and stuff. I just the other thing is He made some mistakes, right? And he showed them, which I thought was good. He's like, oops, we did this wrong. And he kind of went back and showed what he did separately the second time. So I like that. The third thing, all of his builds fit in the back of his truck. He plans for that. Like he has a tonneau cover. He has a truck. So he puts the sled and everything slides in and out really quick, right? So you don't have to spend all this time kind of getting it back and forth. So
1: I like those things about it. The, The premise of a lot of his builds were to make sure everything had a place. So things weren't just piled into the into the, the sled. You know, you're always taking four things out to get one thing out. And then putting yeah. four things back, taking four things back. That's the game I play. So I'm like, oh. um. Plus his shop is nice. Real nice. I like his shop. Nice. I mean, it's not like, it's not um, this old house shop nice, but it's... But it's functional. You can see yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if I cleaned out my garage, I'm like, I could have something like that, but I never will.
2: You could see yourself coming home or whatever, you have dinner, you kinda of look outside, the shop's out there ready for you, you roll out there, crack maybe a electric jellyfish, maybe a natty Just- <laughs> ice, I don't know. <laughs> whatever. And and you could build stuff out yeah, there. It's functional. I know. You know?
1: Yeah, I never will. All right, you want want to talk through a couple of these? So the first one. Yeah, so the first
2: one, I I have a picture there. So one of the things I noticed was he put like this PVC racks he puts on there. Mm Kind of makes a second level. Yep. Uh, I've had this problem too. You know, you put your small stuff in the bottom and then you put your ice shack. You know, like I have a hub and then you put your auger on top and you get anywhere and you can't get anything out, right? You have to pull everything apart. So I like that he had kind of a riser so you can put your shack on top and still maybe get your ice ice your flasher out and also your auger so I, I like that feature
1: yeah and he was just using kind of a basic jet sled as a base which was pretty cool and then and then thinking about you know that distance so it goes in a ton underneath the tunnel cover if you have that method of transportation i'm going to say the other one then was kind of as all the things so the 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 second one and jeff you're gonna put these pictures on the web uh, his YouTube channels, these are just off his YouTube, okay. so I'll just put links to his YouTube. Yeah, so the second one, the one that carries the shack, and you'll see this if you watch his videos, it has a shack carrier, it's got his auger carrier on there, a place for all of his buckets, um, everything's pretty neat and tidy, I like how he does rod holders, he's got a couple of different rod holder outfits, so it's kind of his, you know, I'm, I'm gonna go for a day, kind of a setup, um, holds his ice shack and everything. Um, they're again, pretty basic, but really well thought out. Nothing that's going to take you for you know five days to build. It, it's certainly an evening build, which I think is really neat. That it's you know time is. I see some really cool stuff on on the internet on how to build these really kind of intricate things, and I just go, no way, am I ever going to allocate that much time to doing that? And the, a lot of the builds he has, it's like, yeah, that's obtainable. I probably have all those fittings in a bag, hanging on a. <laughs> somewhere somewhere <laughs> yeah. in my well because i built stuff out of those that pvc i built racks for soapbox cars and and different things um out of pvc before because it is well, i was talking about the boat the little thing for the trolling motor i built out of pvc it's it's really yeah. a good medium to work with because you can cut it simply you can screw it together you can glue it together you can take a heat gun to it and manipulate it and it's pretty darn durable so mm-hmm. Um, it's a good, a good medium. And, and I notice every sled build I've
2: ever seen starts with a cheap pair of used downhill skis from the thrift shop.
1: So you know, <laughs> I want to speak to that because I cannot find skis at all. Every YouTuber has taken taken them and <laughs> built I know, sleds out of them. I don't live where there's hills. People don't (laughs) skis. They don't have skis in thrift shops in my part of Iowa. I mean, rarely. I've seen like one set at Goodwill, and they wanted like eighty bucks for them at Goodwill, and I'm like, no. Yeah. Um, But I literally, I kid you not, I've been looking for skis at a thrift, you know, locally for years and never found a pair. Hmm. So it's I mean, Minnesota. They apparently they're everywhere because this guy. Or this guy's in Michigan. Yeah, he's in Michigan. He's so not, not Iowa followers. I apologize in advance. You're going to spend the rest of your days and nights looking for a set of skis <laughs> to do this build, but I I've not had any luck. One thing I like that he pays attention to that I think not everybody
2: does, and you always wonder: Are you really pulling that? Is he uses lightweight materials? Mm-hmm. He because a lot of I've seen some where they're like. And then we take a steel pole and we build an <laughs> yeah. I-beam. And, yeah. that, and you're like, and now it weighs 5,000 pounds. Defeated the, the purpose. <laughs> yes, exactly. So so I, I like to keep it lightweight. And he uses screws and screws the pipes together rather than glues them so he can adjust them later, which I thought was a good idea.
1: Yeah, if you, if you come across something later you want to do different, you can just unscrew it and put a different piece. Okay. The Ultimate Hole Hopper video... <clears throat> I really like that. That, again, you know, you have to find a set of skis, of course. But I liked his thought process of, okay, I'm going to measure this out so that I'm sitting the right distance. Everything has its place again. And he, it's it's kind of a neat little run and gun outfit for what he had in there. Again, it'll fit underneath his tunnel cover in his truck. It's light. One guy can pick it up, chuck it in the truck. Longevity, I'm not sure. But it, um, I suppose if you don't beat on it, it'll probably last quite a while. I, I would say these are walkout type of sleds. They right? all are walkout sleds. Yeah. Yeah, none of them you could throw behind a machine. But, you know, um, the way he does the PVC and the auger rack, Jeff, on the back of my clam, do you think I could attach, use that method to attach something? I do, yeah. Because do. that's one thing I've always been kind of annoyed about, especially when I pull out, is that the auger, you know, you, you either throw it on the tarp and then you I worry yeah. about it cutting the tarp. Or you got to stick it inside the tarp, and then you're always fighting with it. Mm-hmm. But if if I could put a couple of them on the back, so then I was thinking, okay, so if I take, you know, using PVC, if I took a T and attached two T's to the back side of the shack, okay, yep. on the underside, then from there that T could always live there. Yes. On one, on two of them, and then from those, I could take an elbow and come out and up, and then have a knocker rack. Yep.
2: But then you could w- take it
1: off. I too. could take it off when I'm pulling behind a yep. snowmobile, but I could leave it on when I'm just hand pulling that thing out, right? So yep. it, you it, you could pop it on and off, and I'm like, God, that that would work really nice, and that would solve that problem. You
2: have like Minnesota version where you pull it behind a snowmobile, and yeah. Iowa version where you pull it behind your exactly. walking, right?
1: Yeah, because yeah. I mean, I don't, I think. um I wouldn't want it on there behind a sled. I think it, it could bounce off too easy, yeah. but yep. but certainly hand towing it would would be slick. Yeah. So that's probably what I'm gonna do.
2: I think we talked about some of this, his builds and you can check out his videos and we'll talk to John here and he'll tell a legend and then we'll wrap up. All right, sounds great. Today on the Hardwater Fishing Show, we have John from Nailed It Builds. He has this awesome YouTube channel where he builds all kinds of cool stuff. And one of the things he works on is, uh, ice fishing stuff along with a lot of other things. So, uh, John, thanks for joining the show today.
0: Uh, thanks for having me.
2: So John, I, you know, I stumbled across your YouTube site. Um, I was doing what I do a lot, which is kind of just look at YouTube ice fishing stuff. And, and you had some really cool sled builds on there along with a lot of other cool stuff. So how did you decide to start a YouTube channel?
0: So it's kind of how it happened with, I was hanging out with some people from work and um, I I show them all the time, the stuff that I built and show them my phone and they kind of were like, Hey, you should like record this and put this on. And that's kind of how it trended to happen. I started off putting stuff on Facebook. I got some good feedback and I've always kind of been into like videography and stuff. So it's kind of a natural progression has led me into that way.
2: Awesome. I know we we've done a little bit of video stuff, and um, it's a it's a lot of work, right? I mean, it takes a lot of time.
0: It's been a learning curve. I'm trying to still figure it out and trying to get a little bit a little better with cuts and stuff like that. It's it's work.
2: Yeah, it's the. I always find at least with the podcast, it's it takes some time to record the content, but it takes just as much time to edit it, right?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. If I when I shoot like a, a build, it takes me few hours extra on the build, and then a few hours for editing. Um, I know I appreciated some of
2: those uh, sled builds that you did. So we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about those. So thanks for spending that time. You know, you started a YouTube channel, but you talked about this. What got you started in just kind of like your shop in general? Because you have a pretty, uh, pretty, f- very functional shop I've seen online. So what got you started just kind of working in the shop a lot?
0: Yeah, Um, like the earliest memories I have of like we're working in my grandpa's workshop with them and just building stuff. I've always just kind of hung on to it. There's I get a huge pride in in building stuff and seeing the end result. And you know, when I was I think ten, I built my first shop. It was a small little seven by seven shed in my parents' backyard, and it's just something I've always loved doing, and I've just kept at it. A seven by seven shed—that's still pretty impressive for as a kid. Yeah, so yeah, it was. It was. I couldn't. Thinking back at it now, I can't believe my dad let me do it, but he did.
2: Yeah, I, I have a small shed in my backyard, but it mostly just holds my lawnmower. So, yeah. so yeah, your, your setup that I saw on YouTube looked pretty cool. I like yeah. the – you had the table that kind of comes down from the ceiling. I thought that was cool.
0: Yeah, I, I try to make the most of my small shop because I didn't I didn't want to go too big when I built this shop because it's not my forever shop. So I'm trying to figure out ways to really utilize that space. So what would be the forever shop? Twice the size of what I have now. I would want a cement floor right now. I've got a wood floor, ten foot ceilings. Uh, basically, just it's basically just comes down to space is what I would need. Sure. Right now, right now I'm in a fourteen by twenty, and when I've I've done some projects where, if you see some videos, it it gets real tight in there.
2: I know there's a couple sleds that you built The one I saw was more of like a. Um, I've heard them referred to as like a Smitty sled here, but like you know, kind of a sled a plastic sled with some skis underneath
0: it tell me a little bit about that how you got started building ice sleds so i i just got into ice fishing probably like six years ago i'm one of those people who i like to have everything very organized so when my dad found out that i was getting into ice fishing he gave me my grandpa's old sled and that was that was like one of those old toboggans with the metal frame underneath and my grandpa just put a box on that So then I took that and I made a shelf that came off of my bait bucket. I made a bunch of pole holders inside, stuff like that. Then I realized that when I put my shanty on top, that it was way too top heavy. So I ended up getting hold of this small jet sled and I kind of took the same concept. I want everything to have a place. And that's just kind of how it it went. And then uh, my buddy wanted me to build him one. So I just did one for him last year. And he had a different concept where we did like a side saddle type situations where you put his rod box on one side and his auger on the other to kind of balance out that weight. Just It's just something I, I think it's good to have so you can keep your gear all together and organized. You're not breaking rod tips or getting rods all tangled.
2: And there's so many different ways you can put those together. And it's inspiring me to get something because I I have a jet sled, but it's just kind of everything in a big mess in the bottom right and things get broken and hard to find things yeah and
0: that's that's one of the main reasons why I wanted to do it was just so I can really because I leave I'll leave the all my gear in the back of my truck so I want to make sure it's all there and I have it all accounted for and a lot more organized for me
2: when you go ice fishing you know if you spend an hour wandering around your house looking for your tackle box and your rods and all that stuff and you know if it's all there and ready to go it saves a lot of time and gets you out in the ice more and less running around yep. your house packing and notice there was a second kind of ice bi- or sled that you did it was the hole hopper, right? It was kind of a lighter weight one. What inspired that?
0: That's like my most popular video. And it was crazy because I didn't think it was going to take off my, my fishing style is I really, I whole hop, like I move around all the time. Like I'm that guy that if I drop down and I'm not marking a fish in like a minute, I feel like I have to move. Yep. I took the idea was I just basically got a set of skis put a seat on it, place to hold my fish finder and my auger. And that's, it's basically it, but it works so well for hole hopping because all you have to do is drill a hole, pull this thing over, drop your transducer in, grab your pole, sit down, jig, if nothing's coming, just pull up and go.
2: All right. So we talked a little bit about uh, your, some of the sleds you've built, um, the hole hopper. I I noticed the hole hopper was cool, um, how you took a five gallon bucket. And then like, I'm watching you cut this thing in half. And then I'm like, why is he cutting it? buckets in half and then you put another bucket in there because then you could get it in and out quicker I thought that was really cool
0: yeah my my wife said the same thing when she was watching she's like why are you cutting that bucket and then putting a bucket in the bucket I'm like it's that way you, when you put your fish in there you can take it all out you don't have to worry about dumping your fish everywhere
2: and I know some people I used to do this too when you caught a fish you'd throw it in the ice and it'd turn into a rock right yeah, and it's yeah. and then you have to thaw them out and it's a big deal so it is nice to have something that's not a frozen fish when you clean them you kind of Talk to a little bit about this, about the style of ice fishing that you do, but uh, maybe go a little more in depth about like, you know, how you where you're from, how you guys ice fish. Cause it, it varies throughout the ice fishing belt.
0: Yeah. So like I said, I've only been ice fishing for, I think literally like five or six years. so I still feel super new to it, but because I've had days where, you know, you're really successful on the ice it, in my mind, I should be that successful every time. So when I go out ice fishing, like I said, if I drop down and if I don't mark a fish, I feel like it's a waste of my time sitting there. So I'll just start hole hopping everywhere or, you know, the days where it is really nasty out and you kind of got to hunker down, you just kind of choose your best, best spot. Normally what we'll do is me and my buddy will go out and one of us will have the auger and one of us will have the fish finder and we'll just drill holes and pull the sled, So we start marking fish or... We'll kind of set a target depth. And then once we hit that depth, we'll just kind of set and hunker down if need be. And that's kind of how we do it.
2: Yeah, we do that too. You, when you're with two guys, you get like a team going, right? Somebody drills, somebody uses the fish finder. Do you guys use uh shanty, like use like a shack or a shanty often?
0: I mean, if, if it's going to be a long day, we will. Um, I mean, if, if we're looking and the weather's kind of bad, we definitely will. Um, I got a buddy that I usually go with and he's got a two-man flip over. So if it's going to be a long day where we're just going to set and stay, we'll use his. And if it's going to be one of those things where we just kind of need a place to warm up, I got a hub that I'll fill that up and we'll just use, we'll go in there, warm up and, and kind of go around in that. So
2: it sounds like you would prefer to kind of be mobile and not have a shack if you can get away with it.
0: Oh, Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely.
2: What's the ice like in Michigan? I saw one of the videos, it was probably like late December and you said there wasn't ice yet. What does the ice season usually look like there?
0: Uh, lately, it's been pretty terrible lately it doesn't start until probably mid january and then we only are good until maybe the beginning of March um A few years ago it was a little better. We got out in December, but it depends on i'm I'm in West Michigan, so it depends on where you want to go because we've we've trekked a few hours up north to get some ice, so it just kind of depends on on where you want to go at how how bad you want to get out there right <laughs> And then the thing is, is when, when you get into that, it's how bad does everyone want to get out there? So we've had times we've traveled, you know, two and a half hours up North. And then there's just so many people up there that, that there's, you're not catching any fish.
2: Fishing with the crowd can be tough sometimes for sure. You said you started about six years ago. What drew you into ice fishing? You are like, I got to try this. What, what got you started?
0: <laughs> so it's kind of like a sad story. It's my, my father-in-law ended up passing away and he was like the fisherman in the family. And I wanted my kids to have the opportunity to fish, so when he passed away, I took up hunting and fishing. And then I got this buddy at work, and he'd been like, "Hey, let's go ice fishing." And finally, I was like, "Yeah, I'll be one of those crazy people, and I'll go out on the ice." <laughs> so, uh, so that's kind of how it started. Is we we uh, we'd went out a couple times, and he he had fished more than ice fish more than I had, but we had we just had hand augers, and we didn't have any electronics, so. There was this one time we had set up and we had fished for like six hours without getting a single fish, but I was just for some reason so hooked that I wanted to come back out and then get successful at it it's it's the weirdest thing to me. I sometimes can't describe it either
2: i did I sat out there and froze my butt off for six hours and we didn't catch a fish or we caught a couple and but you still want to go out and do it again.
0: I tell my wife it's kind of like my casino like I go out there and I throw everything down and see what I come back with and Sometimes I strike out. Sometimes I hit big. So what's
2: your favorite fish to target? And like, how do you, how do you usually, what tactics do you use to catch them?
0: I feel like I'm still in that, that progress from trying to learn what fish, like how to target certain fish. So mostly I'm just going to say panfish is kind of what I go for and okay. I kind of whatever bites bites, but there have been a couple of times where we'll go out and we'll specifically target pike with some bigger lures and, and shiners and tip ups and stuff. We've only had like one real successful day going for pike. I, I really like perch fishing and catching perch because I think they got, you kind of know about size wise pulling up, but you still have that, that initial, like this could be huge. And then it comes up and it's just a jumbo. Sounds like a lot
2: of the fish we, fit, we catch in Minnesota, pike, perch panfish i love fishing for panfish too so we've talked a lot about ice fishing and i know your channels a lot more than just you know you, actually you probably have a few builds on ice fishing but there's a lot more on there what are some of the other big builds your favorite builds that you've done on your channel
0: I took my son's he had a 12 volt uh like a john deere gator i took that and i took he had a tricycle and i actually just put them together and i made i call it franken trike okay and i rigged 12 volts to 18 volts so he can just drift around on it so he he loves that thing uh i just did my first ever like power carve and i did a bear and that came out really well so i just do a lot of just kind of whatever i want to do around the house i do a lot of furniture type stuff
2: one of the things we do on the channel and on the podcast and if you've listened to it is we have an ice fishing legends so everybody that we know that's ice fish for any length of time has some kind of story that kind of tell every time you know somebody says oh you go ice fishing what is your ice fishing legend that you like to tell people
0: probably like three years ago I was out with a couple buddies and then my buddy's son my buddy and his son were in one shanty and me and my other buddy were in the other one a nice beautiful day out and but just one of those days where the ice is just really popping and making all kinds of noise and we're sitting there in the shanty and we both are pretty still. I think new to ice fishing, so the crack and ice still freaked us out a little bit. So we're in the in the shanty. All of a sudden, huge just boom goes off. We see the crack go right between our two holes, and my buddy freaks out. Like he throws <laughs> his pole, tries to get out of the shanty. Like that's gonna help, and and we're on like eight inches of ice here, like a quarter mile out. Right, and he's freaking out. So finally, he calms down, and I'm still fishing. And I'm just cracking up, laughing, and then, and then he's like. Wait, where's my pole? And I'm like, You just threw it in your hole. <laughs> so he launched his pole. We're in I think we're in like fifty-five feet of water. And then he's like, Oh, it's no big deal. I don't care about that pole anyway. And I'm just jigging and all of it's like twenty minutes later, I'm like, What is going on? And I start reeling up and all of a sudden we see his lure. And I actually snagged into his line in fifty-five foot of water and got his pole right back out.
2: That that's awesome, because I mean Everybody that's dropped something in the hole always thinks they can get it out, but I've never seen anything really recovered successfully.
0: Crazy, and then of course, as soon as I get the pole out, he's like, "Oh man, good! That was my favorite pole."
2: <laughs> it went from I don't care about that pole to it was my favorite pole. That's funny.
0: Yeah, it was. I I could not stop laughing. Just him being a grown man being that terrified that he just throws it and then just yeah, it was it was awesome. When the ice starts moving, it's
2: even for veterans. It's pretty unsettling, right?
0: oh yeah definitely
2: Uh, i know last year uh, we told the story on the podcast but we were on some ice and we moved and like two days later it was open water so i was glad we moved
0: last year we went out a little too early and we kind of all shaded up together and all the just i'm thinking the ice just started bowing down because all of a sudden we were in like two and three inches of water wow yeah just trying to get out a little too early and trying to stay too close
2: yeah we all like to push it that's for sure is there anything else you wanted to cover
0: uh, so i'm actually working on um it's it's an ice fishing build i, I had mentioned at the like end of last season i had something in mind and uh, i just started the project it's going to be something that's going to help people who kind of have like mobility problems or just a little afraid of the slickness of the ice getting out so um if you guys want go over to my youtube It's just nailed it builds you'll find me and subscribe and do all that fun youtube stuff and You'll, uh, you'll see it when it comes out in a few weeks. Awesome.
2: Well, that's great. Any chance you can get more people out there ice fishing is great. So that sounds like well, a great build.
0: Yeah, that's my thought. And it's uh, something because it's kind of funny. I actually, people think it's really weird. I ice fish a lot with my mother-in-law. Oh, So one of, it's one of those things is right before I go out fishing, I'll, I'll text my mother-in-law. Like if I fish all day with my friends on Saturday, I'll text her and I'll be like, hey, we did really good today. Do you want to go out tomorrow morning? And then she's like, oh, yeah. So then I tell my wife, I'm like, hey, I have to go out fishing tomorrow because I have to take your mom out. And she can't argue with me taking her mom out fishing. <laughs> that's a good – yeah, that's pretty good. Hard to argue with that one. Yeah, and then I got a bigger shanty out of it and everything. So
2: I, I'm sure your mother-in-law appreciates it too, so that, that's oh, awesome. Yeah, I mean,
0: yeah, like I said, she, her, her and my father-in-law loved ice fishing together. And then when he passed, I just – so when I took out ice fishing, I was like, well, I'll keep her going out. Something she enjoys, something I enjoy. Kids go out with her. and. It's a good time.
2: No, oh, that sounds like an awesome family event. Well, John, I appreciate you joining the show today. But before we wrap up, where can our listeners find you?
0: So I do. I try to post a video every other Wednesday on YouTube, so you can find me there. Like I had, I had said, um, I post a lot on Facebook, and that's at uh, Nailed It Custom Builds on Facebook. Um, I'm on TikTok, but I don't do a lot on TikTok. And I'm still kind of dabbling in the Instagram thing, but you can find me on Instagram too, just at NailedItBuilds. Great. Well, we're
2: looking forward to that next uh, build and uh, seeing more videos from you. Thanks for being on the show. Cool.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: Well, we want to thank John for being on the show and the poor guy had to talk to Jeff the whole time. And so I, I really appreciate him doing that. And I apologize to him. I guess I own one for having him have to do that. But thanks all for listening to the show tonight and tight lines. Cheers.
0: You've been listening to the Hard Water Fishing Show with Jeff and Jason. Say goodbye. One of the most unique podcasts on the planet where we talk about tactics, gear, and ice fishing legends. We'll be back soon. Bye-bye. Till then, signing off. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.